Thank you. What an eventful morning thus far. I, I want to thank all of you for your kindness. Um, you know, it's, it's really, this isn't the message. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we were gone this past week. And I want to thank uh, Monica and Pastor Fabian for um, ministering so powerfully on some of the things that I'm, I'm usually responsible for. So thank you. And um, but we had a I, I won't go through all the details, but um, this was not an engagement trip. Um, but I felt I felt very strongly the Lord wanted. Uh, us to go uh, as a part of the family, you know, not all the family. And um, I had no idea that Zach had any, well, I had no idea that this week was going to be something that he intentioned. Um, but um, that the long and short of it was that um, uh, he actually uh, gave a ring on, on my birthday, which was kind of interesting, you know. So uh, anyway, we just simply speak blessing over what God wants to do through both Katie and Zach. And we'll, we'll see what, what God has in store for a date. And... Um, you know, this is this is really going to be a network event, I guess. You know, you got uh, Prince Zach and Princess Katie from two churches, and so it should be very, very interesting. So, anyway, let's continue to pray. There's a lot of things that need to be um, uh, determined. Uh, there's 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 open doors that the Lord wants to. Uh, you know, sometimes you you have to take a step before you see doors open. You know, you have to step out on the water before you walk on it. And um, I, I, it leads us to uh, the message for today. It's going to be in, in the book of Hebrews. And I, I thought it was very interesting because um, um, there was singing today about the new, the new way. And that's um, the new and living way is, is what uh, I, I initially started hearing from the Lord. And we're going to talk about boldness and we're going to talk about um, what God has in store for us. And I think it's very appropriate that the Lord prophetically spoke that we needed to have a prayer time in the middle of this month. I, I wholeheartedly commend that. And I think that it's significant in fact, um, the day following um, the, the seventh day is the day that uh, Scott and I leave for Brazil, and Yuwali will be also joining us there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting time, uh, just a four-day period. Um, but, you know, we, we land after an overnight flight, and uh, Luciano is scheduled scheduled us to the hilt so we have a prayer time that morning at their church i'm supposed to minister twice that night at um, the the church of the man that heads that network of churches who's a delightful man pastor abilio and his his really sweet wife um and then three days uh three three messages um that next day, Saturday at Prometheus, which is Luciano's church, and then um, Sunday morning with him, and then that evening, I think there's two services, two services at Pastor Philippe's church, and then Monday, we spend time talking about um, evaluating the school, evaluating what we, what we need to do technically, how we need to um, encourage them to take what is being provided from here and then taught there 
but then to um, encapsulate it and not market it, but make it ready for them to send it out to these other churches. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a really jam-packed um, four days. And you know the the thing about it is, he said, well, why don't you stay longer? Because you know, first of all, you got to do what the Lord says to do. And secondly, I've recognized that with the Brazilian people who we love, um, they they want you to stay forever. And um, so I have to kind of take control over what we offer from here. And they're certainly going to get a high dosage shot while we're there. Um, and we will be back many, many times over the next um, year. Um, and many of you will be there too. But this is really a, an injection. It's, it's a, and, it, and it's right before this runoff election. And so we'll be mobilizing the people to pray um, there. And um, so I, I wholeheartedly concur with um, the, um, the prayer time that starts this Wednesday. And then when it concludes, we'll be launching off for, for Brazil. But then we'll be back. And if I hadn't told you I was going, some of you would never have known. Now, I'm not looking at anybody in particular. But um, that's, that's, that's a good thing. So we're here in the book of Hebrews. And basically, the um, message today is about boldness. And so Scott and Sylvie have worked together on... Uh, PowerPoint. I appreciate them every Sunday. You, you don't know this happens. Every Sunday, they wait for me to send either an outline or uh, the scriptures or both and a blurb. That's very important for Scott. Uh, he always wants the blurb. If I don't send the blurb, I, I, I have to get the blurb ready. I had to turn blurbage over to Tammy and Dennis. They could, they could, they could write the blurbs for me. <laughs> But there's, Sylvie does the PowerPoint and gets it up there, and uh, it's just uh, it's a real team effort. So, Hebrews chapter 10. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Thank you so much. So, um, I'm going to talk about some aspects of this that I think are very Rama-like for all of us. And... Um, Let's, let's begin first with talking about uh, the new and, and living way. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a, a very precious uh, phrase for me because um, very early on in, in my ministry to you as pastor, I relied very heavily on Pastor Jack Hayford uh, from um, Van Nuys, California, at Foursquare Church there. And his ministry is uh, was called the New and Living Way, and I always I always appreciated that, um, and so this phrase really sp spiritually and scripturally meant a lot to me. But for the New and Living Way, it, it's very interesting because, and this has been con it's consecrated. The Scripture says. Um, did you know that new doesn't mean neo? It doesn't mean something that's, oh, look, we've not seen this before. It's new. New is very, very, very peculiar word. It means something that is freshly dead. And this was used in the, um, in the ancient society to talk about somebody who had died and they hadn't been dead very long. It was also used to describe fruit that is freshly picked from a tree. So suddenly that fruit uh, at, its, at its harvest point was on the tree and it was part of the life, but then it was plucked off 
and it was just recently on the tree, but now it's dead, but it provides life. And so new is, is very interesting, um, and, it, and it should say to us several things. First is that even though Christ died already and rose again, his sacrifice is always fresh. His sacrifice is always um, freely offered. But secondly, if we are truly to be martyria, ready to die prophetically on behalf of what the Lord says, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. The new way for us is in emulating our Lord and being willing to die to self continually so that life might come because unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it has no life in it. So the new way begins with that. Living then is life-giving. And so that, that is, is, is a very interesting understanding for us. Um, it, it also speaks about it being consecrated. And this, this word is, is, a, is an expansion of kainos, not kairos, but kainos. And, you know, the, the new covenant, the kainos, diatheke, speaks about something that is fresh. It, it is the atmosphere of the kairos moment. Um, if, you, if you have a new thing in the Lord, um, it would be a kainos thing. It's something that God is debuting. And this is, this is active. It's, it's an active thing. It's not something that was done and, and it was alive, but now it isn't anymore. It's not just commemorated. It's, it's active. So I think it's very interesting that you have a new and living way uh, which describes the ongoing sacrifice of the Lord and our need to yield ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, so that life can come. And the way this was consecrated by the Lord was truly in a new covenant. It was a, a kainos moment, and it continues to be that because, you know, the new wine which we provide is a kainos wine. And so this, this opening salvo of this verse is just so picturesque and so full of meaning. You know, we can read it in English, a new and living way which he has consecrated through us through the veil, well, that is to say his flesh. And it's very interesting that, you know, the veil was ripped from top to bottom in the natural, but here it equates it with his flesh very clearly. And that is, that is how he gives himself continually. And um, so for all of us, as we begin this, and this really isn't the message yet, um, we should say, you know, we, we embrace this whole vitality of how Christ came, why he gave himself, how he gave himself. And it's, it's not just a commemorated thing, even though it should be commemorated forevermore. It is ongoing. It is, it is regular, and it's a pattern for us. Now, I think it's interesting that the verse that precedes this says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus. Boldness is, is an interesting word. It doesn't just mean brash. It doesn't mean um, that you just are loud and boisterous. You can't have boldness unless you're willing to step out, to step forward, to take a chance. I, I would say a risk, but when you're serving the Lord, there really isn't any risk. Um, but but you, you can't, you know, fate favors the bold. There's an old movie called that. But boldness isn't just being bombastic. Boldness requires you to take a step of faith. Boldness requires you to hear and obey. And at the time you're doing that, it is, it is a sacrificial thing. So boldness 
is, um, is something that we have to have if we are coming into the holiness, the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It's interesting that in the book of Hebrews, boldness is mentioned four times, this same word in, in the original Greek, the New Testament Greek. Uh, the first is um, that you uh, rejoice or have a, a boast or some kind of a, of a statement where you identify with hope. So your boldness is, is in conjunction with hope. Secondly, the, the, the famous, the most famous one, that you have boldness before the throne of grace. You go boldly before the throne of grace. And, you know, I've heard people teach on this, and they, they speak about, well, bless God, I'm a son, and I went there to the throne, and I just spoke what I should have. Well, it, it's not brashness. It's not being outspoken. It is that you, that you commit yourself. If it, It's going to cost you something to be bold. And if you're going to commit to grace at that throne, you better not just go there with loud speeches and a whole bunch of verses that you knit together. It's that you're there saying, what is grace demanding of me? How can I serve you? And I'm willing to back it up by being bold. I'm willing to back it up by obeying. I'm willing to back it up by laying myself obediently before you. The third bold is this one that we just read, where we enter into the holiness, the holiest. Now, that can mean two things, and I think they're, they're synonymous to each other. First would be in the, in the theme of the, the holy of holies, where there's no, there's, the veil has been rent through the body of Christ. And so you can know God at the mercy seat. You can know God uh, at, the, at that point of the palm of the hand. You can know God in the presence of the cherubs. And you can commune with him in intimacy. But how it could be a second meaning is that place of the sanctuary in heaven, which is at the right hand of the throne, which is the same word as holy and holiest. And if, if you're going to be at that place where the veil was rent, how about just being there where the risen Christ is seated? And so you have to have boldness to be there. If you're going to be at the place of the sons, if you're going to be there at the right hand, uh, you, you, better, you better be willing to be bold. You can't just go there and get some goosebumps and some things you can write down and testify about. Um, you're you're showing up for you're showing up for duty, and so that's boldness too. And then the fourth one is that your boldness you've got to hold on to and not abandon it, not cast it away, uh, because there's great recompense of reward. So boldness in the book of Hebrews is, is very, very powerful in its concept. It's hope, it's grace, it's that holy place, and it's the, the, the means by which great recompense of victory is known. But you've got to be bold, not brash, but bold. Not somebody that's just trying to make something happen, but bold. I know we've all been around people that are, at times, some usually it surprises you, uh, somebody that's just real outspoken and bombastic, and they may or may not be doing something good, but just the presence of them is just kind of unnerving. That's not what boldness is, biblically. Now, sometimes you have to, you know, like Jesus driving the money changers out. But that wasn't just him saying, hey, I better do something bombastic here, get the intentions of people. He did that before the Father. He said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. You've turned it into a den of thieves. I think that was a bold statement, don't you? It wasn't just him trying to do something to captivate people's attention. Um, because Jesus didn't do that. He was not a showman. He was, he was the Father's son. And he represented the Father. So boldness is, is not being showy or being outspoken. Some of the greatest virtues of 
boldness were done by people who their actions spoke louder than any words. Um, the boldness uh, brought victory. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like courage um, where, you know, I, I've read different, um, different words from those who served in war and uh, some people who were decorated with the Silver Star or uh, the Purple Heart or they had some meritorious act and somebody would say, well, what caused you to do that? And he said, I heard one old, one old guy who I heard a, a testimony from from World War II, he said, I, I saw the moment and I knew that if I didn't act, many would die. And so I, I did what I had to do. And they said, well, weren't you concerned about your own life? And he said, I didn't think of it at the time. I saw the duty that needed to be that needed to be offered, and I did it. And I think that's really the essence of of you can't just have courage, um, not like the cowardly lion in in the Wizard of Oz. Courage, um, you know, it it it's that that in boldness uh, is something that that are are commensurate with each other. And so we have this boldness to what? Enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated. He brought that enkenos for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Uh, that, is, that is so interesting to me. Uh, and I think that we're, we're, we are a specialist unit of saints you know, we we flew all night to be here this morning, um, I, and um, through the night I was thinking and praying about um, a lot of a lot of this. In fact, um, I was sitting there in the dark on the plane with my screen up. I was kind of shielding it so I didn't keep everybody else awake around me. Um, but I, I was thinking about how that. Um, we we have and the spirit was speaking to me about how god has developed us as saints and those early days were like a honeymoon phase in the lord where he was saturating the new planting of his directive for all of us and that was kind of a nurturing it was kind of a of a baby thing you know you see little levi and hard not to see him um, but you see the way just this church embraces him and it's not going to last forever people aren't going to be passing him around holding him I mean pretty soon he's I think he's going to start walking before he really crawls and he'll be roaming around and then he'll be in school and you know you don't go back to that nursery environment God, you know, you look at him and you think, well, I want him to grow into a godly man. I want him to grow into somebody that the Spirit can use. And, you know, I, I pray for him. I lay hands on him. And I don't do it. I'll lay hands on you, boy. You know, I, I do it, and the Lord knows I'm doing it. And, and I call forth his giftings, and I, I ask that God would develop his spirit. But my objective is to not keep him as a baby. My objective is for him to grow, and that's where we are. And I think we, we forget about what God has called us to do. We forget about the momentous calling that we have. We forget about how far you've grown. And, and sometimes we like to look backward when the Apostle Paul and others said, don't, you know, don't look back. You press forward. And, and I see all the years that God has developed us and I see points of boldness over those years where we took steps of obedience. You know, there weren't fanfares and trumpets blowing, but, you know, we took steps of, of, of obedience and boldly followed what the Lord wanted. There are more times like that. You have to be very careful because your natural mind and your emotions and your own assessments would offer up lots of bold steps, but they may not be what the Lord says to do. I think we've we've all seen 
people who have who have stepped forward and and you know you try not to be critical you try not to be judgmental but everything in you said you know i'm not sure that's the play you need to be making right now you can doll it up with the lord told me to do this and when somebody says that that's like a trump card you can't say anything if the lord says to do this and you say the lord says to do this you think well maybe the lord said first of all to seek counsel before you did that in the mouth of two or three witnesses but the point, though, is, is that you don't just try to be bold. You don't try to, to do something just to get things stirred up. You want to make sure you're following the Lord, but, and you don't want to be dilatory. You don't want to be late. But, but I think that this point of grace is, um, is, is a point of boldness for us. And I think over this next year and in, in, in the time to follow, there are going to be a lot of bold things that God asks us to do. We've done them in the past. But I think that boldness is going to be the earmark of the day, and it's going to be a new and a living way. And we need to recognize that there are going to be a lot of kainos atmospheres. And, um, you know, if you have a kairos moment, which is different than a kronos moment, kairos moment is something that's happening now. This is what God's doing. And you want to make sure that if you're doing that and you're engaged in a kairos moment, you want to embrace the entirety of the atmosphere, the kainos, the newness of the new wine. You want to have both of those. Having one of them is shortchanging yourself unless the second one is a part of it. And I pray that the Lord will help us to be sensitive to the Kairos moments in his timetable, that we would be bold in our obedience, but we would also embrace the totality and the fullness of the Kainos, the new covenant, the new testament. And, um, I, and I think that the Lord wants to sharpen our capabilities to discern that and to participate in it. Now, there's another part of this in... Um, you know, we 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 want to have uh, we we want we have a high priest over the house of God, so we draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith. This is interesting because full assurance there means that you are supplied to the max. Uh, the, it's it's not about the assurance; it's about the supply that then you're assured by. Do you, does that make sense? So let me say it in another way. We read full assurance and we think, well, yeah, I'm totally confident. But the essence of this full assurance is that you're fully supplied and you know you are. And because you know you're fully supplied, then you're assured of the fact that you've got everything you need. Does that make sense? So we're kind of we, 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 it's kind of translated, and I understand why they did this, or why this, the, the translators did this, because you want to communicate the absolute confidence of the supply, but the essence of the word itself is the supply. So we draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance in the New Testament. Grasp this. This is the way the Spirit of the Lord did this. Full assurance is used to describe our understanding and wisdom. We want to have fully supplied understanding and wisdom, don't we? Especially in Pneumatikos house. Another place, it speaks about power and the Holy Ghost and that these are our full assurance. In another place, it speaks about hope. And hope is that, that spark, that essence, that seed of faith that comes from commune with the heart of God and, and, and it's sowed there in you. And then the fourth place of these four is faith. So you have, you have total supply in understanding and wisdom. You have total supply in power and of the Holy Ghost. You have total supply in hope, and you have total supply in faith. You say, well, where are those passages? Well, once again, isn't it nice that you have the olive tree 
or some other thing. You can just click on that word and hit search and boom, all four of them are there. Amen. I love studying the word. So grateful. Wish Riss Rose and I had this when we were having to spend hours in the library looking through books, wondering why somebody took that book. Where is that book I need? Who has it? Those people from Evangel probably took it. And, you know, but now you've got it all right there in the very palm of your hand. And you don't have to have a degree just to study that. So full assurance of faith and having our hearts steering wheel of every capacity within us sprinkled from an evil conscience. This is the, you know, the evil conscience can be like a backseat driver wanting to get the, uh, the steering wheel of your life and say, oh, let's go over here. Oh, let's not go there. Oh, and, and you know, I never really thought of this before. We've talked about the sprinkling you know, that purges the evil conscience, but this assigns it to the heart. And so um, we, we need to make sure that while we're committed to go forward in the Lord, that we, without, by the power of the blood of Jesus, we eliminate those aspects of our experience, of our past, of our carnal desires, of our fears, or whatever there may be that could jerk the wheel in a way that the, the, the boldness of the Spirit is directing you to go forth. It's the blood of Jesus that that purges that and that cleanses that we need to have that we need to have that um and um i love this so let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering remember when we studied this before many years ago and we we said this this was an improper translation because faith there is elpis which is hope very clearly there. So we are holding fast the profession of our hope and not wavering, not leaning to one side or the other um, because that is, that is where God has sown his burden and the essence of what we need to be. And so I'm very grateful for this. Um, and I, I think this is a significant moment here in, in October, this month of breakthrough, this month of launching forward, because it is a new and living way. We do have full assurance. We do have uh, this measure of commitment to being bold before the Father at the right hand of the throne, at the throne of grace itself, at that place of holiness where we meet with the Lord and the angelic and that we know as we hold on to that there is great recompense of reward the, the victory the full harvest those things and I, I, I declare over all of us that this divinely inspired boldness would bring all of those things and that we would have a full assurance that our understanding and our wisdom would be overflowing, not lacking anything through the power of the Spirit, that His power and the partnership of the saintly wind would be in fully assured, and that hope would be fully assured, and that faith would be fully assured. All of those things, not lacking anything. We need this in this new and living way. Uh, we, we, we absolutely have to recognize that this, this, these things that we're talking about are, are right there in regard to the sacrifice of the Lord, the blood of Jesus, the place where the veil has been rent, so there's no separation between us and that partnership with God. All of these things are there, but the, the Father is accentuating that assurity and that boldness. And we, we have to be spot on, as the British would say, to, to know exactly what God says to do, when he says to do it, how he says to do it, and to make sure that 
any evil conscience that would like to steer the wheel somewhere else, that that is purged by the blood of Jesus so we can stay on target in boldness, obediently. And, and I, I'm grateful for that. I, I just think it's interesting because you take that theme of boldness. And I mentioned this earlier, but it bears repeating. It's not that we braggadociously prance up to the throne. I'm being bold. I belong here. No, if you're, if you're going to be bold, you're committed. That's the essence of boldness. Uh, you're, you're, you're willing to lay it all out there for grace at the throne. You're willing to, to lay it all out there for hope. You're willing to lay it all out there at the right hand of the throne with the Lord Jesus who's seated there victoriously. You're willing to lay it all out there so that the end result, the reward, the recompense that the Father has intended will be done. That's the objective of boldness. But it's going to cost you something. I mean, it's, the cost is, is minimal, really, in, in respect to what, to what it is we're doing. But if you're going to be bold, it, it's not just you speaking loud and proud. It's you laying it on the line. And you say, I'll do what you want. I will, I will take this step. And again, God has been gracious to us. You all have done this in the past. Maybe you didn't know it was boldness in this way. But you were willing to lay your reputation, to lay your livelihood, to lay uh, whatever it is that people would think of you, to lay your own energies to lay everything you are before the Father. Those are bold steps. But tactically, we as the Saints Network are going to be asked to do some bold things. And we better pray that we're actually on the bold train and not on some other kind of thing. See, the, the, here's, the, here's the challenge. You're going to be bold, but you've got to be mature in your boldness because after you take some bold steps and gain great recompense then that evil conscience can think wow look what we did if we did that here and here how about if we do it here and God might be saying like he probably said to the people in Joshua's day yeah that Jericho was a great thing but don't you try to march around a city again in silence for a number of days show me another time that happened it, it happens a lot in revival meetings. You know, you do a Jericho march. But Joshua never did that again. That was a big win. You know, that was his first world title. I mean, why not do it again? You know, let's lay that out again, man. We knocked these walls down through the power of the Lord. Let's lay that out again. We got to make sure that we're really following the boldness of the Lord and that no evil conscience would uh, grab the steering wheel of our heart. And the way you safeguard that is, first of all, by declaring the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. But secondly, you rely on what that blood represents, that it is not just a sacrifice. It is the timely sacrifice, which is what Jesus prayed over and over again, most specifically in Gethsemane, where he said, you know, if it, be this will, if it be your will, let this cup, this shedding of the blood, this commitment pass from me. Make sure it's your will. And, but he, and even though he didn't say that, the same thing, in the other three years of his life, he intimated that. There were times where he could have been sacrificed, but the Spirit got him out of it. The Spirit let him pass through. He, the, he was warned by the Lord. Don't go here by, by the Father. Don't do this. And so, you know, the Lord wanted to fully uh, offer what the Father was directing. And you think about that. This was fully man, fully God. He knew what the Father's will was. He knew he had to sacrifice himself. So why not get it over with? Why not just do it? Why mess around with the Sanhedrin for those years she had to wait on the timing of the father and 
we have to we have to know that too so the blood that blood sacrifice really speaks of the totality of his obedience but the perfect timing and you know we we when we have the sprinkling of the blood uh, 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 applied to the evil conscience that would try to dictate what our heart is doing we we have to have those two things that we would have the absolute timing of the lord which that blood speaks of and that we would we would fulfill what the father wants when the father wants and we don't need to be trying to help him out does that make sense you know if if you if you are in war or if you play sports and you're addicted to the big moment you're probably not going to win very much. Now, in fact, you won't win very much. Um, but if you, if you play consistently, or if you war consistently, and you don't risk your assets until the moment, and you take advantage of what is there, then you win. Then, then, you, then you are triumphant. And that's, that's a part of boldness. So, and like I said at the very beginning of this, and I'm almost done, um, you, you want to make absolutely sure that, um, that you've committed yourself to the directive of the Father, and you know that boldness is, is an obedience to the moment of the directive of the Spirit. And sometimes the Lord gets you ready for boldness. He starts talking to you kind of in the quiet time. And sometimes even angels, knowing what God has commissioned, will, will be given directed by the Lord to, to even ask a question of you just to kind of prime the pump and get you ready. It doesn't always happen that way. But I, I remember one. I remember one time. I shouldn't even tell it. I'll tell it anyway. I'm. I don't have much sleep going. You blame it on me. Um, I remember one time many many years ago. That somebody asked me. This this thing that God's called you and the church to do, what will you do, if religious leaders tell you, that you shouldn't do that. What would you do? And I thought, this is an odd question. You know, and immediately I thought the verse that Peter said, how could I be disobedient to the heavenly vision when he was at the council of Jerusalem? So I said that, and they said, so you're saying, I forget who was asking me this, you're saying that if that ever happened, you would follow what you feel the Lord has called you to do, and um, you would just be put yourself in a position where people may not understand and I said of course I mean I'd rather do what God says to do as as we know that it's scriptural uh, because people can people can misunderstand people can misinterpret and we've got to an answer to God and I remember having that conversation and then I remember when we were transitioning somehow that conversation got to the leaders that be and they painted that to where I was looking for a way to lead this church out of the movement and I thought how weird but I knew I, I mean it reminded me of when Bishop Hammond uh, from CI was prophesying over his red beans and rice to us and he said well yeah I, I, I really see what's going to happen here he said, um, you, you really have two choices. You can go ahead and, and pronounce that this is the path you're going to take and the brethren aren't going to like it, or you can wait and they'll give you the left foot of fellowship. And I think that's what you're going to do. But just know it's going to happen. And I didn't get up and say that. I didn't write to the evangel and say this is what is going to happen. But he was right. He was right. And this was years before it happened. Some of you were there at that conference. You, you were there when I, when I walked out of that meeting. 
<laughs> well, what did he say? I remember that. And we didn't build our life on that, but that was kind of a thing that I processed. And I thought, what happens if this happens? My whole life has been this. My whole training has been this. My family is committed to this. And so, Lord, are you saying that I'm going to have to lay this down? What I, my identity has been, what my professional training has been in this, in this area? But those kinds of things kind of prepared me for, for boldness. It didn't spur me on. I didn't say, well, bless God, you heard what he said. Let's go and let them have it. You know, we're going to, we never did that, did we? But it kind of got me ready. It kind of got me thinking before the Spirit. Am I willing to do this? Now, I would have done it. We would have done it anyway. I mean, we, once we took that step, once we started doing the wacky things that are in the Scripture that we had never done before, um, we were pretty much on the slope, the upward slope of obedience to the Lord. And what's next, Lord? What do you want us to do next? You know, you live that. But boldness is is an immediacy, but how often the Lord kind of prepares you for it in subtle ways. And, and then, you know, I, I think some of the most ardent demonstrations of boldness that we followed as a people, God has gotten us ready for them through visions, through dreams, through prophetic words. And you kind of lay them all there and then when you come to the moment, you say, well, has not God said this? Didn't he say this? Didn't he say that? Yes, I had this dream. Yes, this prophet had this vision. Yes, this was a scripture that came. Yes. And, and so we were ready by virtue of listening and hearing what the Spirit would say to the ecclesia. But then there were some times where just an immediacy of bold obedience and you know, some of those times, and they don't happen often, but they, at the moment, it's a no-brainer. And then after you say it, you think, oh my gosh, what did we just commit to? But you knew it was the Lord. And, you know, and, and you see God in it, you know? And, and you look at through the Scripture. Sometimes the prophet gives people the opportunity to participate in a miracle. Okay, if you take this handful of stuff and you do this and you do this and you do this, then we'll see what God does. But sometimes the storm is raging and the Lord says, come out here. I, I don't see any scripture at all where Peter had any previous inclination that he was going to step out on any water. He was a fisherman. I don't think probably he ever had any idea in his head, hey, while I'm throwing this net over, I'd like to just walk out there and fix that, that place that I see that those fish are going to swim through. He never thought that. I know he never did. Who would? But he sees the Lord coming. Come out here. He steps out. That's bold. Now, yeah, he looked at the waves and, you know, but he got a lot farther than many of us would have. <laughs> and I don't think there was any prep for that. But he obeyed. So boldness can, can go in both ways. I think there are some things that the Lord has said over this next year that we know we're going to have to make commitments for, and it's going to be a lot of work. And, you know, I think, I don't, yeah, this has got to be done. How's it going to get done? Yeah, I'm going to have to do a big portion of that. I don't really want to do it, but it's going to have to be done. Do you ever have those kind of conversations with yourself? But then there are other things that I just know in my heart God's going God's to bring a moment and the Spirit bade me go. Here am I, which was sung earlier. Send me. Who will go for me? And, um, and I pray that the sprinkling of the blood will keep us from drawing a sword to cut off somebody's ear or wanting to apply our spiritual 
power to call down lightning. I pray that God will keep our boldness pure and that evil conscience on the steering wheel of our heart would not steer us off the road and into the ditch. Amen? So, on this rambling message, the new and living way. See, we've learned some things today, haven't we? New is fresh plucked fruit. It's, I'm not dead yet. Yes, you are. It's freshly dead. And it brings life. Full assurance. Totally supplied. Boldness. Not brashness. But willingness to step forward in grace. In the holy place. In hope. And for the recompense of reward. We want that full assurance of understanding and wisdom. Of power in the Holy Ghost. And of hope and of faith. All of these things are there. And we certainly, absolutely have to have the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Even right now, I declare it over me, over all of this group of saints, over our Saints Network family, that we would be preserved from ourselves, from evil conscience in any way, and that we would, we would be sensitive to hear and quick to obey, and that our boldness would be directed by God, for God, and through God. By God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. We, we love you. And we look forward as we initiate prophetically this time of prayer uh, in the middle of this month. And um, help us to understand your boldness and to be willing to move in it. We love you, Father. And I speak in this year of great grace as we are entering into the new spiritual year that we would, um, we would, we would know your hand of direction. And I thank you for it, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. Thanks for being here. And um, I know you're probably going to want to congratulate the happy couple there. Um, Zach flies out this afternoon. So if you got anything you want to say to him, you better get it out there. Don't be too bold now. All right. God bless you all. See you Wednesday for prayer.